This is war. Stop crying. Put your man panties on and go to war. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to No Buffs, the only survivor podcast that proudly wears man panties. Thursday, April 30th, and we're recapping the 12th episode of Survivor Winners at War, so watch your spoilers. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us here by the fire, Tass Mellis. Yasure Tony! <laughs> we got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! Ayo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends! Mm, last but not least, making the magic happen, it's J.D. Hello! There he is, and here we are! Back once again to recap another Survivor episode. We'll tackle it scene by scene as we do here on No Buffs. But the key takeaway from last night, peanut butter is the true soul survivor. (laughs) (laughs) We start uh, night 28, post-tribal council, where Sophie had just been voted out. And they're coming back to camp and everyone's upset. We get a nice little uh, editor breadcrumb here. I don't know if you noticed the clue, guys. Kim falls over when returning to camp. Whoa! Uh, Whoa! Setting us up for what would happen later in this episode. (laughs) Um, But we get Jeremy, you know, letting us know that Ben will not talk to him and that he's such a child. Uh, And this becomes a running theme in this episode. Just Jeremy letting us know that Ben will not talk to him (laughs) happens time and time again. And Tony, meanwhile, he's he's doing his little damage control because he surprised a lot of people. Starts with Sarah, who is absolutely pissed with Tony's idiotic, grimy-ass move. And then he eventually makes his way to Ben and tells him, you know, hey, sorry about that. Don't worry. I got an idol. And then he gets pooped on. So what did everybody think of this opening scene? There was a lot happening in just this first scene. I don't think I've ever seen somebody get pooped on by a bird at nighttime. That must be the craziest thing to experience because I'm sure you don't even see the bird up there. Uh, So that was surprising to me. But I also love seeing... Uh, the differences in relationships here. Obviously, Jeremy, Tony, and Ben have a tumultuous relationship with Ben, right? Because Ben's just a pouty boy. He wants to play the game his way, and he wants to be the boss, and he's having a huge trouble this season not being in charge, I think. On the flip side, you see Sarah and Tony obviously have affection for each other. They obviously like each other. She's saying, if I'm voted out, don't ever talk to me again. I thought that was hilarious, but... By the next scene, they're basically back in cahoots again. You know, they just had a falling out like you would amongst siblings. And cops are us. They're back in action. I'll talk to you until I'm voted out. Then I won't talk to you. (laughs) What a threat. (laughs) And Tony's like, oh, man, that's not fair, Sarah. Come on, Sarah. That's not fair. Well, hey, it worked, right? I mean, jumping way ahead, uh, he offered his idol to her right yep Yep. and why did he do that because because he was a because of his alliance sure but also i think the personal relationship factored in and i think he got spooked there that she was going to get voted out and he didn't want to jeopardize whatever he had inside the game or outside the game so it was a good move by sarah to saying that probably her only move the only threat that would actually work do you think can i can i just add there is that he that's his only real alliance tie anymore right so i think he you're right jd he has to keep her close in Play that way her, yeah. you know going a little bit later but also could he be going next level with that and knowing that she didn't need the idol 
just showing that he's also a nice guy to the jury. Everybody's on him, but is is he just feeding that extra that extra little seed to the jury that hey, mm. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a nice I'm 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 killing it. I'm killing everybody, but also I'm a nice guy because it seemed like that was a last second. I mean, she could have accepted it for sure. Uh, but it seems, I don't know, maybe it's just next level. Maybe I just got Tony on this pedestal. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you're totally right. And it's, it's, it also shows a bit of swagger, even though he was sort of saying, hey, do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want it? But it's, it's, it's like, hey, I've got an idol to spare here. I, I can throw this idol away. And I can, con- I can convince Jeremy to not play his idol, or yeah. to ple- like, which is basically what he did. And the jury doesn't even know what is in Jeremy's pocket. But anyway, yeah. so that's jumping way ahead. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, I'm glad you you sort of are getting to it because I'm curious, and this goes off to what Taz was just asking a little bit, like, Tony, in my mind, wants to take Sarah to the end, right? Like, he wants her sitting beside him because I'm pretty confident that he thinks, you know, I've got the better resume here. I did more in this. I'm fine with her here. The flip side is, does Sarah also think that's good for her? Like, is she confident? Like... I could beat him at the end, and if so, what is she doing that I'm not seeing? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a it's a great point. I mean, uh, I don't know why Sarah would want Tony there, other than loyalty, right? And, right. And I think that Tony, at this point in the game, knows that he can beat Sarah. So why not? I think I think Tony thinks that he can beat anybody except yeah, for so. except for maybe Jeremy, who he's using still as his meat shield, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony to me is certainly in the lead right now, and he has clearly the best resume. But for Sarah, the way she can really build a resume is to vote out Tony. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I that's mean, I think exactly that that's, right. that's her huge move, right? Is to say, I'm finally splitting with you, and I backstabbed you. You had no idea. So, if she is ever able to pull that off, I mean, maybe she pulls into the lead. I think it's more likely that Tony would want Sarah next to him rather yeah. than the flip side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and, one more thing you said, Tass, you're wondering if Tony was playing up this whole, hey, I got a hidden immunity idol. I could play it for you. You want it? You sure? Like, And maybe that's a bit of a show for the jury. That's interesting because you obviously didn't watch one of Tony's previous seasons. The one he won, Kagayan, you know, he was very visible and, you know, uh, vocal about having and telling everybody that he had idols. And he actually would use it this weird way of like, Hey, I've got one. I might pull it out. Yeah. I might even wear it around my neck, my neck, and you don't know if I'm going to play it. So he might be setting up here to try that strategy once again. Now it's out in the open. Now everybody knows he's got one. He might do this again, and it's pretty. That's you know that's that's a, a, a power play when there's not that many votes where you can really confidently split the vote to flush it out, right? And I would say now knowing Tony's background as a cop and not knowing everybody else's background and their playing history as you mentioned there with Tony it's hard not to think of Tony as this master manipulator and using those those tools that he's got in the bag because Mm -hmm. I find it crazy that you see Ben trust him to some degree Sarah trust him to some degree that he still has this sway over people Uh, he manages to look people in the eye give them a fist pound Call them bro, and still have that connection <laughs> with them. Uh, he's he's he, it, it's it's astonishing to me as a as a layman here watching. But he, he obviously uses that, and he's going to use it later on in this episode, which was 
another bonkers move. Yeah. <laughs> Lee, I do have a question bef- uh, before we move on to the next scene. Do you think right. it's good or bad luck to be pooped on by a bird or a bat? <laughs> well, I mean, without giving too much away, it's got to be good luck, really, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, that, that, was a, that was a pretty funny moment because he's just like, oh, man, I can't believe it, man. He's looking up in the sky. Is it a bird? Is it a bat? <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, Tony, I think Tony, though, has kind of figured out a way to not be super close with everybody um but also just close enough with everybody at the same time i mean oh, sure. you know they, they were sort of gunning for him um you know to get rid of him but he seems to be able to just work everybody just well enough that they sort of end up siding with him in a weird way so he's uh he's on quite a run here and uh you know it was it was it was another entertaining show with him for sure um you know like we, i'm sure you're going to get to it later on where he where he goes out to try to sort of um suss out what's happening with other people oh spy like, nest yeah, oh that's the next God. scene let's get right to it the morning, the morning of day 29 and uh we're right into the spy nest and and these are you saw the flashbacks guys i'm talking to obviously tass and, and lee yeah um mm-hmm. Tony's had the spy shack before, which actually worked. Um, he, you know, he got some intel out of that one. Then he tried the spy bunker, which was the dumbest decision of all time. Did that? Did Just that? Just in a ditch. No, the spy <laughs> bunker did not work. At I was all. gonna say. I was gonna yeah. say. I don't know how he was able he to said, even. Yeah, he said it didn't work, but he had a lot of fun. Yeah, right. he was, he's just having a blast out there. And then, so yeah, now it's this is the evolution. We're up in the spy nest. Let's, you know, I will say, um, very funny scene. I loved how it was shot too. When Sarah's like, "Hey, man, it's just me." He's like, "Can you see me? Yeah, can you see me?" <laughs> he's like, "No, not really. I mean, you're pretty good up there, but um, nobody's coming here. So yeah, you're wasting all the time in the world." Oh, I love that scene. There's also the fact that. You have a crew of like a, a camera, multiple cameras maybe, sure, and a sure. boom guy all looking at the treetops, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So how how can you get away with it? Yeah, yeah, you really can't. Like, yeah, if you if you wandered up to the water well, you'd be like. <laughs> Why are there two cameramen and a producer looking up in that tree? I mean, what am I? I'm going to first off look up in that tree and see what the hell they're shooting. And um, is that a man up there? Is that Tony? Uh, yeah. Anyway. And even if so, you have to hope the right people come by and they have to be talking about strategy and they have to be telling the truth and it has to be their only plan. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be up there for what? 12 hours just waiting for every group of people to come by as they get thirsty. Uh, it's a crazy know, move, but it makes for great TV. It would have been great if he tried pooping on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> he just drops a dump on Ben's arm. Oh, that's, oh, not a, that's not white. Yeah. This is a brown one. This is weird. So back at camp, this is when we get, again, already Jeremy asking Ben if he wants to talk. We get a straight up, nope, I don't want to. He's just shutting him down. Um, it, it is wild. It continues later on, too. And then Kim here starts hatching her plan to try and split up Sarah and Tony. Kim sees this. Kim sees the power duo, sees the cops are us. It, I mean, we're getting late here in the game. If you got a pair, you are, you're looking pretty good. That's, that's huge to have two votes tied together like that. She says, we got to break it up. So she tells Denise and Ben and Michelle and Nick... Mm-hmm. Hey, we got to make a move. I mean, we got to go for Tony. And this is Kim, in my opinion, trying to build her resume. Just like you said, Trey, you believe maybe Sarah will take a shot at Tony to be like, I'm the one that took down him. He was ruling this game. Now give it to me, the $2 million. I think Kim was thinking the same thing here. And unfortunately, you know, Ben blows this whole thing up, taking it, uh, 
taking it to Tony. Though Ben does tell Denise and Michelle, you know, she's got some valid points. <laughs> so he sees what she's saying, but uh, ultimately is going to go right scurrying back to Tony. Yeah, Kim has been on the wrong side of most of the votes and hasn't really done anything, I feel like, to distinguish herself. Um, during this season, we've been calling her kind of the mid-school, mid-line player, assuming she's going to surge at some point. And, mm -hmm. you know, Tony just keeps winning immunities, and he's the guy that people should be gunning for, but you can't vote him out if you can't vote for him. So, yeah, exactly. She's trying to figure out some way to kind of gain a foothold in this game and just obviously wasn't able to do it. Yeah, and it doesn't help that Tony keeps winning immunity challenges um, yep. as she was getting more and more frustrated with that, though some of that may be her fault, of course, in this one, and we'll, and we'll get to that. Um, anything else from this scene, uh, JD, that jumped out at you? Just, uh, again, these ideas uh, starting to hatch their plans? Well, again, uh, getting back to Ben sort of shutting down Jeremy, is this a strategy that I'm not seeing? And the only reason I mention it is because the, of the way that Denise shuts Jeremy down as well, like have in, in tribal council. Right. Right. There's that huge like talk to the hand moment where she's just <laughs> like, I'm done. I'm not talking about this anymore, specifically to Jeremy. Yeah, so that was weird. Ha, yeah. Have they have they talked about this and said, hey, the, our best bet here is to just not let Jeremy talk to us because he's very convincing or he's I don't want to be seen to be talking to Jeremy yeah. or whatever so uh, ultimately I think he's just being childish and he's because he's he's sort of a, a admitted that he just doesn't want to talk to him in his confessionals but I don't know there's some there's there's got to be something more to it than that because it's just dumb gameplay to me to not talk to your your biggest threat right and I then and then votes you know, votes to keep him. Yeah. You know, Ben, you know, Denise doesn't, but Ben does. Yeah, it is weird, this dynamic between Jeremy and Ben. Well, I just think Ben's playing in the dumb game. I think he's obviously getting caught too much in his emotions. When you think back to the way he won his season, it was just winning immunities and finding idols. The yeah, strategy man. wasn't necessarily there. I, I think he's actually been pretty terrible. Um, you know, Jeremy is getting dragged along to the end at this point. Um, and maybe they just don't want to see as be seen as being flipped. I I read the Denise don't talk to me moment as this is infuriating. We've been whispering for a half an hour at this point. Let's go vote. Mm. Ultimately, I, I, agree. A fool. I totally agree with you. I just, I'm just throwing it out there that maybe we're sure. not, they're not showing us something or we're missing something. Yeah. Um, uh, hold next. on, hold on. Uh, you, you mentioned, you, you slipped it in there, Skeets, that Ben voted for Kim. Is that? Yeah, voted to get rid of Kim. Absolutely yeah. confirmed? Yes. Well, I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, JD, you can confirm yeah, that? Yeah, I watched mm -hmm. the, uh, the, uh, the votes at the end. The votes at the end, what? Like a, a secret scene? The, well, it's on CBS. Talk yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, so can we just go oh. over it then? I assume okay. Kim votes for Jeremy, Denise votes for Jeremy, and Michelle, we know, votes for Jeremy. Correct. Yeah, so 5-3. So, yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, day 29, five, three, yeah. mm -hmm. another brutal challenge on Edge of Extinction, very similar to the Log Challenge. Now it's the Coconut Challenge. And uh, I love the Ethan's quote, oh my God, I don't want to do a tremendous ever challenge. <laughs> that one killed me. But yeah, you got a, similar to the Log thing, like I said, first six to transfer 20 coconuts from the other side of the island back to camp. They all get two fire tokens. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't, I loved the Log Challenge at the time. That was really unique for Edge of Extinction. This is just, I mean, it's so damn similar. It was pretty brutal, like, when the tide started coming in, and I kept, every time they would go over the rocks, go, oh, God, somebody's yeah. going down here. Like, 
somebody's going to hurt themselves badly. We saw Rob slip and fall in the rocks. He cracks his elbow, as he said, but he refuses to quit. And then later, Danny, I thought, literally snapped her ankle in half. <laughs> yeah. um, but she seemed to be okay. She just had a, had a rough fall. But, uh, yeah, you know, look, I, we can go through this quickly. Natalie is a superhero. That woman is unbelievably fit. Like, I know she does all that CrossFit, but she is a beast. And then so is Sophie, I guess we learned. Yeah. That yeah. was sh- shocking. Yeah, I was definitely surprised to see both of them were so far ahead, right? They said Sophie and Natalie basically lapped everybody twice. Yeah, that's what Tyson said, yeah. I was surprised at just how how uh, they all seem like elite athletes, the top five, right? Like, uh, uh, who was in the top five again? It was Natalie. Well, you got Natalie, Sophie, Yule, Tyson, Parvati, and then Wendell just beats out Danny. Yeah. I mean, watching Yule, there was one shot of him, and he's just like, super cut is like damn he's a sexy guy i mean jesus <laughs> killing it out there yeah yeah the um adam adam wasn't killing it out there no. <laughs> Your boy adam. no he wasn't um but with boston rob like that was a nasty injury what what's the rules with getting medical attention i mean he probably blood got bandaged was just, up yeah well you could see the blood though pouring down his arm well, I mean, I'm saying after he ended afterwards, it. Afterwards, yeah. I, you know, knowing I don't not knowing him personally, of course, knowing him as a character on Survivor, I'm sure they're like, "Hey, can we stop and and bandage that up?" And he's like, "No, nah, yeah. we're not doing that." I'm sure, or something like mm. that. I mean, he was really trying to send a message here that, "Hey, Sandra, we don't quit in this game." Yeah, <laughs> I had a Boston Rob moment myself about a minute before Rob slipped and fell. It started uh, storming here, you know, in Atlanta. Yep. It got really rainy, so I went out, closed the deck door, but. My feet got a little bit wet, and we got cement floors. I stepped in, slipped just oh. like Boston Rob did. My elbow went flying into our cement walls. Oh. I was like, ah! And then suddenly the same thing happened to Rob, and I'm like, you can't quit, man. You got to keep going. <laughs> just like I'm soldiering through this episode of Survivor, you got to get those coconuts. Got to finish, Trey. You got to finish this episode, man. You got to like, get oh, to the end. 40 more minutes. Oh. <laughs> we uh, looked like it looked a little, got a little dicey there for our boy Wendell, too. Uh, Danny was gaining on him. Mm-hmm. Or at least they were making it look like Danny was gaining on him. And she was, she was like straight up sprinting at one point. Um, uh, but Wendell held on. So, yeah. Natalie, Sophie, Yule, Tyson, Parvati, and Wendell get the two fire tokens, which you've got to imagine are going to be pretty damn important. Um, in next week's episode because we assume somebody's coming back next week and they're going to have a challenge to get back in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, that two-hour episode. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and in all honesty, this, as grueling as it was, I thought the the production crew, the producers, did a good job of keeping it interesting because I thought, oh, this is going to be okay. boring. <laughs> um, but they, they did a pretty good job. The, the Adam edit of him you know, being terrible was pretty funny. Lots of great shots of bods I was very interested in. And lots of great shots of the rocks. Um, uh, and it was, it was as, as interesting as, a per, as it can be for people to be running from one side of the island to the other. You know, I don't really like watching the 5,000-meter run at the Olympics. Not my favorite. I love every, every, every event at the Olympics. Give me the discus, but don't give me the long runs. This somehow it was fun. It was, it was pretty good. I I would also say that uh, this is important because uh, I'm more convinced than ever that whoever comes back from Edge is going to be a massive threat because there are 13 people on the Edge. There's eight people at this point before the the travel council. Uh, So that's 13 jury members. That's why Rob didn't quit. 
mm-hmm. that's why Natalie felt the need to beat Sophie at the end there. Mm-hmm. They are all still very much playing the game and they are playing to their fellow jurors and it's going to be I will be shocked if they keep somebody from edge around for the final three. Totally. I, when- I totally while watching I thought the the raw portion was quite dramatic, but at the same time he's he's playing for for more than just his pride, more than just the the show, he's definitely mm-hmm. playing the game. It was it was important for him. Do you do you remember JD or Trey when Chris came back, the you know the first time we saw this iteration of the game and ultimately won, uh, coming back very late in the game? Did he come back with some sort of like safety for a vote, or was it open and he maybe won immunity? I can't Interesting. remember. Yeah, I don't remember. I do remember. That when he came back, he killed it. Like every yeah, move I think he, he made, won immunity. Yeah, yeah, and he actually, and then he 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 gambled him on himself, and he put himself in the fire challenge, yeah, right? Yeah, Which yeah. was a mm-hmm. badass move, and ultimately won him the game. I think. Yeah, because uh, I'm just wondering, because I agree with you, like whoever wins this Edge of Extinction challenge to get back in the game, like the other people have to immediately bond together and get rid of them. Um, if they you know don't win an immunity or they don't have some sort of safety, like they would be idiots if they don't do yeah. that. Unless Chris came in with two halves of a hidden immunity idol, and he had to give one away. Yes. And I think he gave it to Devins, who he was on extinction with at the time. Yes, yes. Okay, so he did come back with something. Yeah. Okay. 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 That makes a little bit more sense. And I, and I I say that that they should all bond together and get rid of him immediately. But then again, if you're somebody in like. You know, you're on the outs, and you're not within the sort of uh, the alliance that's uh, voting everybody out. Then you have no choice but probably to team up with a guy that just came back or a woman that just came back right. from Edge of Extinction. So yeah, next week is going to be uh, going to be fascinating. We go to Koru back to camp, um, and for the third time, guys, in less than 15 minutes, again we get Jeremy talking about how Ben won't talk to him. They keep. <laughs> driving this home in this episode and ultimately they do have a very brief discussion it doesn't go all that well later on but then again they both uh, are on the same side of the vote we also get sarah and tony they're still bickering um down by the beach and we see nick in the background he's sort of (laughs) eavesdropping a little bit and we get a little nick sort of package here and i thought this was really really interesting because nick is pointing out how great all of this drama is for his game you know, this friendly fire, as he first puts it, mm-hmm. and that, it, oh, this is awesome. It's got nothing to do with me. They're upset over here. We got Jeremy and Ben. They won't They won't talk to each other. And that is followed by a very interesting conversation between Nick, Denise, and Michelle. It's a pretty quick scene, but the three of them say, hey, like, it should be us three. We yeah. don't probably stand a chance. I mean, Nick even says, I can't beat Tony, Sarah, or Jeremy. Mm-hmm. So... Hey, Denise and Michelle, I maybe have a chance against you, and I think we could debate whether he has a chance against anybody, but at least I think this was an important scene, and I am really getting this weird uh, feeling now, and maybe it's because my pick to win the damn thing, Kim, is ultimately out of the game right now, but I don't know. Like, It should be these three if they're smart, <laughs> Nick, yeah. Denise, and Michelle, right? 100%. I thought exactly the same thing when uh, I think Denise referred to them as a tight three. Uh who are you voting for if you're on the jury between oh. Denise, Michelle, and Nick? I mean, Nick, get out of here. But between D- Michelle and Denise, uh, I would it would be a real conundrum for me. Yeah, I, I would I would pick Nick out of those because I think he's played the game well these last couple of weeks because he was in the line of fire 
what two or three weeks ago now and and uh and then last night you saw it he's kind of just ducking away while everyone yeah. else is fighting and he's slithering through so <laughs> i think he's played the game pretty well to this point and he's kind of inoffensive like that like people no one's got real hostility toward him right now whereas a few of the other uh, players they have and so Nick could just sort of find his way cruising along here and uh, and make it through to the final. So I, I sort of like that strategy that like you know you you're, you were the the guy that everyone wanted out a couple of weeks ago, but now he's like eh, everyone's off me now. They're onto someone else. It's great. I'm, I'm finding him. <laughs> I'm finding him a little offensive though. We'll get we'll get to some other many offensive things that he's done in in this episode but in particular when he plays dumb with tony <laughs> oh that was such a great scene and and nick's a lawyer he's obviously very he's intelligent he knows these questions that are going to come at him that's what he does for a living mm. and nick just asks him a simple question hey is kim trying to come get me oh, tony what? asked nick what? yeah yeah i'm sorry tony asked nick what 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 he's he's playing woody harrelson in white man can't jump he's just it's he's perfect. just mr oblivious I, 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 sure i guess but I, I don't know i mean yeah he's slithering by right now but we'll get to some more there's some some, some I, wild stuff that happens with him. With i told i told uh, nora this when i just said to you guys i was like i don't know i'm getting this weird feeling that we're gonna have a nick michelle denise uh, final three and Nora's like all upset. She's like, "Oh no, I can't be that. No, I'm not." She she goes, "Anybody but the lazy vampire." That's what she said. <laughs> so now I can only think of Nick as the lazy vampire. But Lee, I'm with you, Nick. Nick, for whatever reason, is growing on me more and more. I mean, just because I find him hilarious more and yeah. more. Something about him is, uh, and like that yeah. that scene that Tass just alluded to was killing me when he's like, "Oh ah, trying to remember ah." Oh my! Like that's what I would do. That's exactly what I would do because I'm not a good liar. So I would be screwed. I'd be like the Nick out there, except I'm not a sexy, lazy vampire. Yeah. Who did I speak to about five minutes ago? Hmm. I can't let quite remember. Uh, let me just see if I can kill some time and then just say any name that I know you're going to like to hear. Uh, okay. So funny. But, well, at uh, least it, Nick has been on the right side of the vote for the last yeah. four votes, though. Michelle, it feels like, is just winging it. She's like putting down a name maybe it'll be on the right side maybe yeah. it won't who knows yeah but talking about inoffensive that's michelle like she literally gave away her advantage to the guy she voted for and she's <laughs> probably still on jeremy's good side so oh, yeah. that is an awesome social game to me oh mm. i jd i agree i don't think nick has a chance if it's these three like as much as i'm loving nick um if it's nick denise and michelle I think it's a fascinating vote between Denise and Michelle because Denise will have maybe the better resume. We know that big Sandra move. She's won some challenges. Um, but Michelle's got the social game locked down. I think a lot of people on the jury like her. Yeah. So, if it could, yeah, I mean, if it was if it was still a, a, a final two type of game, which we know it's not, Denise is definitely taking Nick just the same way she took uh, Malcolm, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Took Malcolm out, you mean? Yeah. 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 We um after all this, this this sort of Nick scene here, we get a uh, little idol hunting time. They figured it out. Well, Sophie said she had an idol. Well, there must be an idol back out here. So while they're looking, Ben and Tony discuss Kim trying to make a move on Tony, and that, that's where that comes up. And then um, <laughs> you know, actually, right before Ben finds, right before he finds the idol, he does slip in that little line to Tony about. You know, is Nick with us or not? And Tony is convinced he is. I thought this was a little fascinating little thing to slip in there, too. Tony's like, yeah, yeah, Nick's with us. 
He's a lazy vampire. He's on our team. Um, but but Ben's a little skeptical uh, where Nick lies in this game at this moment. Anyway, Ben finds the idol, and uh, like Tony is two feet away from him. I don't know, foot and a half behind him. Yeah. And uh, Ben, I think just like his gut reaction is to do the like try and be sneaky, sneaky and hide it. And Tony's like, "What the hell are you doing? Like, I'm right here, man. That's not cool." And like, I thought Tony went on a little long about. Like, you know, scolding Ben for, like, how sneaky he was, no? He's a talker. I think he goes on along with everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a talker, a fast talker at that, yeah. I also thought, though, there was, like, a change in his demeanor and his eyes. Like, he knew in that moment Ben didn't trust him. And then we see in Ben's confessional, he's admitting, I don't trust Tony. And, yeah. you know, Ben is not giving Tony really any sort of any sort of go forward in this game, you know, he's he's beefing with him about, we got to try and get Kim, and Ben's still like, no, we got to go for Jeremy. Tony keeps pitching Kim. We got to go for Jeremy. Um, so, I mean, clearly they are not 100% together, and I thought that that really solidified it with Tony because you can just see the darkening in his eyes. Like, that was pretty weird that you would try that right after we made up right in front of me. And it is incredible to me that Ben ended up voting for Kim and going with Tony because mm-hmm. all the way to the end, it seemed like Ben was resilient. This isn't cool, man. This isn't cool. We'll get to tribal council later. Yeah, even production can. made some great, great uh, changes. It's uh, but hold on, hold on. Uh, let me let me throw this in here now. It has nothing to do with this episode. A great discovery for me on Wikipedia. It shows you who voted for who in last night's episode already. Mm-hmm, it's up. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you wow. go. Wow. Wild. We're gonna <laughs> find an antiviral medication, and now we're gonna find. Out right after it's already up there. Wow. We then go. Well, I, I guess that scene ends with um, you know, them sort of making up. At least Ben scooping up his bride Tony and, and taking him off into the woods to have sex. <laughs> As I believe this, uh, that's a secret scene that you can also find on the. Yeah, CBS, Tony was CBS trying Alliance. literally anything to get Ben to put him down. You're gonna hurt your back. You're gonna step on something. <laughs> it's just like anything. Please put me down. I uh, I have to admit, I thought they were gonna fall. <laughs> Thought he was gonna trip on something and go mm-hmm. down, but he yeah. didn't. He didn't. Yeah. Um, the next scene, it's the immunity challenge, and the twist to this one is Probes tells us we're playing for two necklaces. I mean, we're at the final eight here, and we're playing for two necklaces. Maybe that we're helped to be, or we're, they're encouraged to do that because we got four men and four women, and it's gonna be the last man and woman left standing. They're gonna each win an immunity necklace and both two fire tokens. The challenge is to stand on a very narrow perch with your hand above your head which is tethered to a bucket. You know, that bucket drops. You're out. Probes takes us through the uh, the iterations of this challenge, how it was so easy. <laughs> it lasted for six hours, for crying out loud, the first oh. time they did it. Then they add the little thing you got to stand on, and now the new twist is you can't use your other arm to sort of prop up the, the hand you have up in the air. Lee, what do you think of the challenge overall? Oh, when, when he said they were doing it for six hours, like, I can't believe you were able to stand there for that long. That's incredible. Um, I didn't think, though, it was as tough as some of the other ones we've seen. Like, I thought mm-hmm. if you can sort of just hang in there. But making it so you can't put your other arm up is, is pretty, you know, is pretty good there. But, um, of course, when he brought out the food, the milk and the cookie or the peanut butter there and the cookies and stuff, I thought a couple of them dropped way too quickly for oh, that. Oh God, yeah. I thought yeah. you can't. I can't believe with a, with two. You know, like you were only playing against uh, you know the the same sex. 
of your uh, of for for immunity. Yeah, I thought there's no way they're gonna uh, they're gonna du- jump out so easily, knowing how far into the game they are. But uh, a couple of the girls went. Who was it? Michelle went, and then or Kim went, and then Michelle, I think. Yeah, well, Kevin Jeremy drop Jeremy drops first, then yeah. Ben touches the structure, and he's uh, oh, yeah. he's got some integrity to him, as Probe yeah. says. Thanks for letting me know, man. Um, Sarah drops next. Nick then tries to make a Tony an offer, but he declines. He says, "No, nope, I want to win three in a row." And then, yeah, we get to the 15 minute in mark, and Probes tempts the survivors to step down, like you said, with the peanut butter, chocolate cookies, and milk. And he says, Probst says, you will eat until the challenge is over. Yeah. That's what he says, as he always does. Kim's like, okay, I'll, I'll eat. She drops. Michelle's like, screw that, I'm eating. So Denise wins, the women's. And then Nick flips it around and asks Tony for a token. If he steps down, Tony immediately says yes. So Nick drops. And that's it. So Denise yeah. is one. Tony's one. But I can't believe, especially Nick... He should have never been allowed a bite of uh, the food because <laughs> yeah. the challenge was over. But, you know, the three of them got to it appeared to get to gorge a little bit. Even They though were the chowing down on the benches. Super yeah. whack. Uh, yeah. I thought this was whole over. thing was ridiculous. I was like, first of all, that huge blob of peanut butter looks disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> yeah. That looked like what could have fell out of the sky onto Tony's arms uh, <laughs> earlier in the episode. But then Kim and Michelle... Give immunity to Denise. That's stupid to begin with. Nick gives immunity to Tony. That's stupid to begin with. And then they all get to eat on the benches afterwards after Jeff just told us, you're eating until it's over. As soon as those three drop, it's over. Uh, This was just disappointing to me. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Listen, I like this challenge when it's six hours long. Because so do I. Because so do I. That's part of it. It's it's not so much the holding your, your arm up, although that's, you know, that's hard, but it's the trotting out of the food and the making deals with players and the conversations that happen on while they're sitting there with their hands up and they're they're dying. And then first it's a it's a mound of peanut butter and some milk. I mean, who cares? But then he brings out pizza and beer and then he brings out a steak dinner <laughs> and then he brings out a mystery thing. And I, I used to love that on Survivor when they would uh, tempt people like that, people who have been in, in the game this deep. And they're starving, and they're in the sun. They're sweating, and it's just like, uh, do I do I risk the two million dollars for a mound of peanut butter? It's just so much mm. more dramatic and so much more interesting to me. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I at least have I love having in every Survivor season one super potentially long challenge. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're saying that could just go for hours upon hours. Now, look, JD, put yourself in a producer's shoes. <laughs> put yourself in even probe shoes, like. I guess at some point you uh, have done some of these that last for 10 hours. You yeah. probably don't want to do that again yep, as uh, a producer. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I, I'm happy if I'm a camera guy and this thing <laughs> ends uh, it ends in 15 minutes. But it's just better TV. And also, as far as the two immunities go, uh, why? What's the point of that? Yeah. Imagine if it had got, gotten down to Tony and Denise, the showdown that we would have gotten because they weren't going anywhere. Tony yeah. wouldn't even pull his arm down because he didn't want to get wet. He was going to be up there for hours yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah and if yeah. i'm not mistaken at one point parvati beat rupert in this challenge so it's not like there's a, a huge disparity between the two genders oh yeah yeah definitely not that was hilarious hilarious how nick was sitting there nick or i'm sorry tony is in this challenge he's got his hand above his head 
and he asked Denise after it's all said and done, please come help me. Um, I won, I won, but I don't want to get wet. So can you help? Can you help me dismount, please? And you, we mentioned uh, the people who bowed out of this challenge for whatever reason: Kim and Michelle and Nick. Kim and Michelle at least showed remorse at Tribal Council yeah. when Jeff asked them. Oh, you know that was a stupid move. 20, 29, 30 days in here, their brains weren't in the right place. But Nick. Nick, in a testimonial later, in a confessional later, yep, he yep. bragged. He, he bragged one. about, look, I got one fire token and I got peanut butter cookies. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. And he didn't yeah. get voted out. So yeah, he didn't I mean, need you can't immunity. argue that. He yeah. was fine. I mean, Kim it pays to be a lazy vampire. Yeah. yeah. It, it, but, but if I'm Nick, I'm furious watching this episode last night because when they walk away from that, there's a slow-mo Mm-hmm. Move. It's 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 a it's a couple episodes later or a couple scenes later. They go to commercial. It's a slow mo of Nick walking by, no shirt on, and you just get a, a shaky boob and a shaky gut from Nick. <laughs> He's gotta be on fire right now. I would be anyways. I saw him tweet about something like that before. He basically said, imagine you grew up super poor and then you win a million dollars. You'd get really fat, too. (laughs) I was like, respect, man. (laughs) He's got a a dad bod going there, and that's great. I mean, they're they're in right now. So he's just working. He's working the TV audience as well. What a great move this man is. um, Come on, 15 minutes they're bringing out food. You can walk to the store and walk back, and that's like 15 minutes, and then you go and open up your peanut butter and eat it. Like, you haven't done a survivor challenge by walking. Walking your groceries home, yeah. but but did you see how much they were sweating there as well? I think that's what, what we're not taking into account. I mean, it's day you oh, know, I don't day twenty nine. Yeah, they're yeah, hungry. Day twenty nine. Yeah. yeah, and you're just like, oh yeah, I, I need I need something. I need to give in here to a guilty pleasure. Like I'm willing to risk going, you know, because you're not even out of the game anyway. I'm willing to take that risk just to uh, satisfy an indulgent here. So I, I think, think that a, plays into it. I think another part of it too, maybe right. I'm just trying to put myself in their in their shoes in their aqua socks. Um, is you're like I can't last another minute longer like I'm about to fall off this damn thing and Denise looks good or whatever like just that idea of like I'm about to drop anyway like I'm like I'm Jeremy Ben or Sarah so hell I might as well have a bite of peanut butter I guess you know maybe but that's (laughs) yeah yeah, that's what what Nick and Nick I assume was thinking because he he was begging for uh, a deal twice as you said like he was he seemed like he was done at the beginning and that's potentially because his belly was pulling him down listen I love Nick (laughs) he's a nice guy very nice guy and I think I picked him as my winner because he is he is the Woody Harrelson white man can't jump oblivious guy and Maybe he'll get there, but ah, I, I don't get it. Let's get Let's, to tribal council. Let's no, no, go. No, 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 no. Let's bring up the elephant in the room with this this challenge because Chaos Cass, a former Survivor contestant, she tweeted last night. She pointed out, there's photos of it. You can see, and you can see it in the challenge. Why was Tony the only person with a bent elbow in this challenge? Mm. Why? I, dis- I disagree. I, that, from that From that angle, it's definitely bent, but... Mr. Ben Bent also has uh, a bent elbow <laughs> later on. If you from the wide angle, you see Ben's elbow, and he's probably a tall guy, so that's probably plays into a, plays a part. But his elbow was also bent. So you think maybe it, maybe every contestant wherever they wanted to hold their hand a little bit had a little wiggle room, is sort of what you're saying, Taz? Like you could go no straight idea. up, or you could bend it a little bit. Maybe, <laughs> I, maybe. I, I, yeah, I possibly or finally set design made a little bit of a mistake and made uh, Tony's a, a touch yeah. longer. 
Um, well, that's what Chaos Cass is saying. She's saying he was helped by production a little bit. No way. Mm. They draw for random spots, so if if he had an advantage, it was just blind luck that he got one. No, I, whoa, 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 whoa. They draw for random spots, but then I assume they have to they have to change the height depending right. on the person. Mm. That's a good point. Right. So sure. she's saying that they've uh, gave him an inch or two a little bit. Check check bends as well. It's okay. it's definitely bent. Okay, interesting. All right. Well, now let's get to. Uh, Back to camp, figuring out who the hell are going to vote for. We get Kim, Michelle, Denise, Ben, and Lazy Vampire Nick talking <laughs> about cooking, really. They're talking about cooking because, um, you know, splitting up Tony and Sarah, that's on the back burner, as they say. Mm-hmm. Jeremy is back on the front burner or still on the front burner. He's still simmering. So we're just going to get rid of uh, Jeremy. Uh, I, I, one question about this for you guys. In this idea of like, well, damn, Tony won, um, you know, Tony won another immunity challenge. Uh, we can't get rid of him again. We all want to because we know he's going to beat us all, but we can't. <laughs> Why don't they go, let's get rid of Sarah? Yeah. Like what? What? I mean, I know they don't like, okay, there, of course there's idols and Tony ultimately could have and would have played one for her. I get all that. But at that moment, they maybe don't know that or they're not thinking of that. Like, why aren't they just like, well, let's just get rid of Sarah? I think the genders are playing a role here. I think at that point, Kim, Denise, and Michelle are looking at Sarah and say, if we get down to seven people, we have four women. That's the numbers right there. And I think that that's probably low-key a reason uh, Mm -hmm. why Tony has been flipping these votes to get Sophie and Kim out the past couple of weeks. Because once we get further into the season, that's when all the men start panicking that the women are going to join up together. Despite the fact that the men are always together from the very start (laughs) of the show, trying to have a bro alliance, they're always so scared of a four-women alliance because we saw what happened when Eric gave away his immunity when Parvati basically played him with Sari and Amanda, right? Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that they are, you know, I think that um, <clears throat> just as the men tend to be scared of women joining up together, the women do know that there is power in numbers and they could add up pretty easily. Yeah. yeah Kim even a- says at one point, I have a good relationship with Sarah, and she is a number for me. If I can, if I can salvage that relationship, that's great. But I agree a hundred percent with you, Trey. Yeah, I, I think that's you're both right. I think Kim, Kim has a relationship with Sarah, and she wants to keep her around. And she's just so hell bent on let's just get rid of Tony because then Sarah will be right there with me. She'll be in my pocket. I'll just pick her up. But I really think they should have. She should obviously because she's gone or now on edge. She. Should have reconsidered that, and they, they could have made Sarah. And it was, um, wasn't it Adam way back when? He was the one really saying, pushing, like, why don't we get rid of Sarah? Like, she's damn good at this yeah. game. And mm-hmm. uh, and is, of course, tied at the hip with Tony. Why don't we get rid of him? And everyone's like, nah, not yet, not yet, not yet. So he got brushed off and, and, and packed, uh, you know, had to go to Edge of Extinction. We, um, so, so again, Jeremy's on the front burner. Okay, it's going to be Jeremy. Everybody looks like they've agreed with this. Michelle finds out. She knows this, of course. She's sitting right there. She's sad that it's going to be Jeremy. She's talking to Kim. Talks about this idea of like, uh, I don't know, maybe I try and help him out. This is where Ben ruins everything by taking Kim's let's get rid of Tony's backup plan to Tony. He takes that again to Tony. And again, they talk about Nick's, uh, you know, where where he lies in this game. Is he with us? Is he not? And you said it already, Tass, that scene where... He does the worst lying job ever because Ben says, we've just been talking about getting rid of you. You're the backup plan, but we can't get rid of you now because you won the necklace, so whatever. Tony goes to Nick and says, Wait, what, are you, what were you guys doing over there? What were you guys talking about? Did my name come up? And then, yeah, Nick does the worst lying job of all time, but it's pretty funny. 
So Tony's now worried that Kim is going to use these lower tiered threats, as he calls them, um, and band together and get rid of you know him and, and some of the other big names. So he says, this is Tony, quote, if Jeremy goes home, we're screwed. And this speaks to what you said, Trey, because the ladies are going to stick together and possibly use Nick. That's Tony's you know, word for word. Tony sees this like women's alliance, whatever you want to call it, and then just bring in Nick and everybody else is screwed. So Tony goes to Ben with the one-on-one little plan and says, hey, I'll give you a fire token. <laughs> he starts with that. Let me pitch my case of why <laughs> we need to keep Jeremy around. You know, come on, man. The soldier, two cops, and a fireman? Oh, <laughs> we'll stick together. We'll save the world. We're like a Paw Patrol here. Um, so he says that to, to, uh, to uh, Ben and is really trying to, um, you know, convince him, like, we got to keep Jeremy around. This is, so this is where it gets wild. Michelle tells Jeremy she's got the 50-50 coin flip advantage. And, you know, they, she gives it to him. Was anybody surprised she handed that over to him? I mean, not really, to be honest. I don't think she has a lot of confidence in what it does. Uh, you know, it is a yeah. 50-50 thing, so it could literally be nothing. Yep. Sounds um, like she hasn't been practicing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she flipped it twice, and it came up once safe and once not safe. She's like, oh, yep, 50-50. Yeah. So, I mean, and uh, it's just, it's a good move for her. It's more valuable to her to give it away as far as her social social game goes, mm-hmm. I think. But why, why is that, though? Why is that, though, J.D.? Why wouldn't she keep it for herself in case she needed it? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, because she feels safe, I guess. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Um, but also, you know, we've seen throughout the uh, previous few episodes, if someone gives away something, I know this wasn't, like, in front of other people, so no one saw her do it, but it's kind of viewed as a, you know, almost like a bit of a dick move to do that. You know, like I'm going back to when Sarah gave um, Nick like the Chinese meal that night, you know, and people were like, ah, that's, you know, that's a crappy move because people are sort of seeing it almost as if you're like trying to show that you're a good person. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, but giving away a a reward is a lot different than giving away an idol. Uh, Right. The the main risk that you that you do is that you expose that I have an alliance with this person, but she did it in private anyway. So as far as the jury or anybody else is concerned. It's Jeremy's advantage, and they don't even yeah. know what it is yet. Yeah. Does Jeremy give it back to Michelle? It seemed like he was keeping it forever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like I got that impression, but I don't. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, immediately what I thought. I was like, oh, is he gonna just give that back to her now? Because I, I'm with you, JD. I got the read that he was like, no, this is mine now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We do the one other thing before we head to tribal council is we finally get Jeremy sitting down with Ben to talk to him and and Jeremy you know pleading to Ben like we need each other I'm trying to build trust back with you man why are you not talking to me like stop being a damn child basically and like let's come together because we can't if we let these other people get together then we're both screwed come in we may not like each other but we got to work together um you know, we got a real like Kobe Shaq situation here going on <laughs> between Jeremy and Ben they can still win championships they don't have to like each other but they still got to you know trust each other i guess out there on the floor but yeah anything else before we head into tribal council i know i threw a lot out there with all these like tony and ben and then michelle and jeremy and then jeremy and ben like there was a lot going on here i thought it was uh it it was confusing and we'll get to tribal council and the whispering and all that again but um anything else to add before we get to night 29 with jeff probst Mm -mm. okay we start tribal council by discussing this just the concept of making it to another day and when you do you can get a clean slate in this game. You know, this is what Kim is pitching to Propes and to everybody out there. Tony sort of, 
he disagrees with it. He's like, actually, it's like, forget forget day to day. It's more like hour to hour, minute to minute, where it's always changing and you could be on the bottom and suddenly you're on the top. And then, you know, Probst tells the jury, spills the beans that Kim, Michelle, and Nick all step down. You see Parvati's reaction. You see the jury's reaction. Mm-hmm. That's never a good sign. You know, like, they're over there um, basically running marathons with coconuts and they're like... <laughs> You held your hand in the air for 15 minutes and stepped down for peanut butter? Like, what? Oh, man, that's never a good look. And the, and Tassie said it. Like, Kim and Michelle basically were like, yeah, well, that was stupid. You know, I, we we really regret that. That was just a dumb, you know, in-the-moment decision and uh, could come back to bite us in the ass. And they also the lay it on pretty thick as well, right? It's oh, just, yeah. Uh, oh, we... we uh... We are so regretful, but yeah. uh, I don't think they're that regretful. <laughs> um, and then the whispers start up, and it's it's Jeremy and Tony that start whispering, and Jeremy telling Tony he's got this fifty fifty advantage. You know what do I do here, man? I mean these guys are these guys are tight. They're obviously telling each other a ton of stuff here, and Ben notices them talking, and is seem. I mean he appears mad paranoid, mm. mad upset, of like here we go again. And then, you know, you know, two people start whispering to each other. That means everybody starts whispering to each other because we've got Kim whispering to Jeremy that Tony, Sarah, and Ben are up to something shady. Sarah is whispering to Tony that they might be writing her name down. He'll need to play his idol for her. You know, Nick is whispering, trying to confirm that the vote is just Jeremy still. Then Kim's whispering to Jeremy, I got a plan, I got a plan. But we've and got closed captioning everywhere so we can see it all. I was <laughs> just phenomenal. about to say that. You're it exactly took them 40, right. 40 seasons to figure it out, but God, they did it. So are you okay, Tass? And this is an open-ended question for everybody too. Like, Are you fine with whispering at Tribal Council if the producers are showing us what the hell they're saying to each other? I totally am, and it's kind of like a basketball game. You kind of don't have to watch the first three quarters of all the, in, in terms of all the, the talk back and forth, because lately in all the episodes basically that I've watched, it all happens at Tribal Council in the right. Whispers. So if you're thrown in the closed captioning, it's fun to watch, actually. This is my least enjoyable part of the uh, of each show, though, now, because it's just it's just getting out of hand. You don't really know what any of it means either. And Jeff doesn't really seem to care, though. He seems to kind of encourage it. He's happy to just let them go. But He was calling it like a horse race. He was yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, you know, for, for a new viewer, this is the only part that I'm really kind of like, uh, this is this doesn't this doesn't really add. It did that one week. But now it's happening all the time and it's sort of, it's predictable and you're like, how can you possibly really make any sense out of it anyway? So what, what sort of, what does it bring to the show? I mean, for me, it doesn't really add anything. So I don't like it and it just, and it seems to drag on for too long as well. And that's, that's only what we're showing. It's probably going on for an hour or so at Tribal Council, but uh, you know, for the, for the TV show, it's only a couple of minutes, but it's just, it's annoying. Yeah. I mean, my question is, did they add the subtitles because the fans have not liked the whispering this season, is that uh, did they go back and recut this particular tribal council? I think that's possible. I still think uh, Skeets that I'm with you. I like the idea, your idea of everyone has to remain in their seats. If you want to send signals to somebody or play broken telephone or whatever, then that is your. <laughs> you can risk it, basically. Yeah, exactly. That was the exciting yeah. thing is like you have to be so measured with your words when you're speaking to Jeff. 
to send a message to the people you're trying to or to try to deceive the people that you don't want to know what you're doing. I thought that that's just a, uh, an element of gameplay that is really lost when everybody's able to whisper to each other. So, I mean, stay on those stools if you ask me. Yeah, and that's never good in my opinion to hear Tass say, especially comparing it to a basketball game, which is the other podcast we do, um, <laughs> that like, hey, the first three quarters of the show are sort of pointless because all these episodes that Tass has seen lately, and he's right, it's like, well, we just get to tribal council and then we all get up and just whisper in each other's ear and then we sort of know as the as the audience or sometimes we don't what the hell's even going on. But all that other all those other scenes, all those other discussions, all that other stuff eh, didn't really matter. And I think that's my ultimate problem with the whole thing. It's like even I get it. It's they're only picking and choosing what they want to show us to make the drama and build it up and and that's, you know, you're you're still being steered in the wrong directions on purpose because of the editing to make great television. I get that. I mean, I'm not an idiot. But it, it, you lose some of that or it feels like the importance of some of that is completely thrown out the window when they're just allowed to show up there and whisper to each other yeah. about all these other brand new plans. It, it does make it feel completely pointless to some extent the prior whatever 30 minutes that you just saw well here's what i liked about it is that i think that the whole thing was sparked off because tony got spooked for whatever reason and he thought that sarah was in jeopardy that's the only thing that makes sense to me i think that's why he turned to jeremy and said hey you still voting the way we mm-hmm. way we we said we were going to vote that got ben all paranoid and that got everybody paranoid but ultimately did the vote change or did it happen the way it was supposed to happen before they went into tribal council? I mean, I tend to think the former. I think that it ended up happening the way it was planned, but we just had everybody just was affected by the chaos and the confusion and the paranoia. But then ultimately, that's what makes the incredible part of Sarah not playing in the idol, you know, from Tony. Like, refusing it. Yeah. And then somehow Jeremy, not even his damn 50-50, you know, coin, not flipping it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the crazy part to me that they ultimately were like, okay, okay, no, we won't play them. Especially Jeremy. Like, and even Sarah, it's not hers either. Like, I would definitely be playing the, somebody else's thing <laughs> that they were playing for me in that situation if I really don't know where the hell the vote's going. I think that Jeremy did convince Ben to not vote for him and mm. to vote for Kim. And that's exactly, that's sort of another reason why I think this whole let's shut Jeremy down and not talk to him at all uh, was their strategy because Ben ultimately got convinced by Jeremy, I think, to right. vote for Kim. It was his right. biggest fear, and that's exactly what happened to him. Yeah, we we definitely see in the tribal council Kim shook, right? Like she she knows, yeah. like, uh oh, I think it's me. You 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 uh, hear her, you know, the whispers, whatever, the subtitles. She says to Sarah, "Look at me. Is everything fine? What is Tony doing?" And you can hear the desperation in those words, like pleading to Sarah, like, "Uh oh, what's going on?" And then. She knows she's toast, right? When she says to Ben and Jeremy, like, I feel like I'm about to get screwed over mm-hmm. by you two guys. And their reaction is not all that great. <laughs> and it's like, uh, she's like, they sort of like, no, you know, like whatever. But yeah, they are. And then, yeah, then we get Denise. Denise is just fed up. She's got the immunity necklace on. She's just tired of this, I think. And tells Jeremy to like, basically shut up. Yeah, like you said, I think you said, speak to the hand, JD. That's exactly it. She's like, I'm done. And man, that was, that was intense, that little exchange. Yeah. Like, Jeremy going back at her, like, are you sure? It's not just tonight. <laughs> Holy moly, that was wild to me. That's a, he's got a lot of swagger for a guy who's been on the block for the last three or four 
tribal councils, right? Yeah. I mean, God. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then we, you know, they go and vote and Propes asks, Propes asks if anybody wants to play anything. And unbelievable. Tony's going to play that. There is no doubt. He's going to play the idol for Sarah. He's spooked oh. enough and I wants to build know. her trust enough. You don't think so, Tex, uh, at all? I, I don't know what this cop, I don't know what mind games he's playing. <laughs> it, it, it definitely felt like, uh, to me, uh, that he was, yeah, he, he was just putting it out there to to appear to be in cahoots with somebody, to appear to have it, the No, the but if Sarah game. says, if Sarah says, Tony, I don't feel safe, give me the idol. I think he gives, I think he hands it over 100%. Yeah, maybe. She yeah, literally maybe. said earlier in the show, if they're, if they're voting for me, you have to play your idol for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As as retribution for the move that he pulled last week, I, I guess they're in alliance in that way. But the the um, the relationship game, as you said about Michelle earlier, she's playing a, a great game. Uh, I think Tony's just playing that up as well. But who the heck knows? I'm just I'm just buying everything Tony is selling right now. <laughs> well, then the more fascinating part too is Tony, in my mind, like Tony convincing Jeremy to not play. To flip the coin, to not play the 50-50 advantage. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he he tells him he's like no, and like Jeremy, of course, like excruciating contemplation, like literally just screaming. <laughs> <That was great. laughs> um, doesn't like what a I mean hell of a hell of a call. I mean hell of, putting a hell of a lot of trust in in guys like Tony and Ben right there, but it worked out. Kim's voted out five to three, and uh, we know that now Kim, Denise, and Nick were the three votes. Also wanted to note Tony reassuring Jeremy every time his name was showed up, right? Like, he was like, don't oh, worry, man, man. don't yeah. worry. Like, mm-hmm. even when there was three names, he was like, don't don't worry, we got this, we got this. And we we did. And it was, how does he have that confidence? It's, it's crazy to me. He's yeah. got a better read on people than anybody else that's on the island, I think, because I just it just seemed like we were watching a mob boss scene where he's sitting there, <laughs> hand on the shoulder of Jeremy. He's like, it's all right, it's all right. Yeah. The vote goes down, he just leans over to Ben. He's like, good job, Ben. Yeah. You did your job. Uh, it was It's amazing. It feels like that's probably why he's like, yeah, Sarah, I can play this for you. I will do it if I want, if you want. Because he knows she's not getting any votes. I mean, she was, you know, she was nervous certainly earlier in the episode, but also when everybody's whispering, she's the one that's just sitting there letting everybody whisper. So how scared was she really? And maybe it was performative for Tony to be like, I don't think you're getting votes, but I told you I would do it if you feel like you need it. Yeah, Rob, I mean, Boss and Rob agrees with your uh, assessment there of Tony as a, as the boss dude, I think he calls him, <laughs> because you're spot on, Trey. That's exactly what it feels like, especially the Ben part. That part was so creepy. Ben looks like like he just killed somebody, right? right. He's like, <laughs> he just whacked oh, his best friend. Yeah, like, what did I do? And he's just like, it's okay, my son. It's okay. We'll be fine. You know? you're, you're in the family. You're in the family. You're not going to be no problem. You're a made guy now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah, it felt like that. So... Kim's upset, of course, um, on her way out. <laughs> some some shady, uh, you know what, going on back there. She gets lied to, especially I think from Jeremy and Ben, which who really got her. Um, and she bequeaths her tokens to the three remaining ladies. <laughs> she uh, there was one thing when you were talking about the women's alliance that I, I meant to slip in there, Trey. Let's not forget that I, I don't have it in front of me, but a man has won this game. What? How many times in a row are we at this point? The last four. I think it might be yeah. maybe four, maybe three maybe four. We haven't had a woman a woman win in a while, and I I think that is there is something there. So you know Kim I I believe wants to see that again. Of course, why wouldn't you? And she gives uh, her tokens to the three remaining Michelle Denise and uh, Sarah. And at the very least, Tony is smart enough to look and say, we know somebody else is coming back from Edge of Extinction. Who knows who it's going to be? 
so at the very least, the numbers are going to be even uh, between men and women. Yep. Uh, if if a woman if a woman does end up coming back from edge of extinction, he's just playing I mean, to the next level. I think really right now. Yeah, and, and last last week it was really played up that um, right before tribal council, he went to Jeremy as the sun was going down. He went to the he went there before Jeremy could have another conversation with anybody and. There's just not a lot of time between then and tribal council. But now that everything is sort of being decided at tribal council, I think from my, you know, my beginner's perspective, it just seems like Kim went way too early in this episode uh, to try and make that move on Tony. Mm. And then Tony, he didn't wait until the sun went down. He went, he waited until darkness to make his move. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's bonkers that it all came together to me that a 5-3 vote happened strictly because... Tony in that back row, as you guys said, they plant them in the back row, I guess. He was leaning over to Jeremy, leaning over to Ben, uh, and made it happen like the boss from that back seat. Um, bonkers. Uh, that was that was shocking to me. I don't know which one was more shocking this week or last week that he was able to to do it, but back-to-back jacks for Tony. If Kim, <laughs> if Kim doesn't, especially before the challenge, which Tony ends up winning, if Kim doesn't throw out the Tony plan, you know, like, okay, we got to get him out. Everybody knows he's going to win. We got to get him out. It's a good question to ask. Like, if she doesn't do that, does, is she safe for another week? Does this go somewhere else? Does it go on Jeremy? Does it go, who knows, Sarah, for crying out loud? Is, is somebody else so. targeted, and is Kim uh, survive another week? I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I think she definitely made herself a target, especially with Sarah. They, they needed to peg off somebody, uh, and mm-hmm. and Sarah's, Sarah is in back-to-the-wall defensive mode. She just needs, needs to shoot off somebody, and yeah, Kim made herself a target. Yeah, yeah. So if... Jeremy keeps this 50-50 coin advantage and doesn't give it back to Michelle. That means the guys have all the power in terms of advantages because Tony's got the idol still. Ben's got the idol, which nobody knows about except Tony, we think, right? And yeah, and then, then Jeremy would have the 50-50 coin advantage. So the men with the, uh, with the advantages right now, unless Michelle just gets it back. Maybe they had a deal. It could and be Nick deal. has a blazer he can put on uh, <laughs> if it ever comes to it, you know, if he needs to really dress it up. That's a shield. Yeah. Yes. Um, Jeff, I would like to play my blazer. <laughs> uh, what? Yes, I am wearing my blazer, which means I am, uh, you know, any vote cast against me shall not count. It would be amazing if we could just do that, make up the rules on the spot there. So, yeah, let's ask this question before we take a quick, quick, quick break and get to tree mail. Who's going to win this coming back challenge? Let's just throw it out. Let's make some predictions. Lee, who do you think comes back into the game from Edge? Wendell. I hope he can somehow come back and win this whole thing. He's he's my guy from the start, so I'm going with the big win. Okay. Okay, Taz? <laughs> the big win. <laughs> the big um, win. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a lack of female representation right now on the island, so let's let's uh, bring a female back. I'm going with my CrossFit girl, Natalie. And wow. JD, she, she's your girl, right? 100%. Yeah. That's who I have coming back and winning the game. Okay, Natalie. Um, so two two of you saying Natalie come back. Trey, what about you? Uh, give me Parvati. If it tends to be, if it's a an endurance challenge, uh, you know, like a stand in some place sort of thing, she's really good at this. Oh, she also has fire tokens to uh, presumably to uh, to win an advantage as oh, well, right? Right, right, mm, right, sure. right? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. We need a list of the fire token like count you know like who's got the most i don't really have any clue anymore do you jd no yeah natalie has eight fire tokens really who does natalie has eight 
Nick has four. Sarah has four. Tony has three. Denise has six. Ooh. So, I mean, par, uh, poverty four. So, eight and four is the most on Edge of Extinction. I'm going to throw this out here. I'm going to throw this out. Maybe I said this earlier in the season two on No Bus. I can't remember. But do you think for this challenge that we're going to see, Edge of Extinction, that the people currently still in the game, the seven people left, will get to A, watch the challenge happen, and actually prior to the challenge get to put some of their fire tokens on people they want to come back in the game. Mm. You know, so like Denise could be like, I'm giving all my fire tokens to Kim or whoever. That would be fascinating. That'd be cool. Very Mm. cool. Yeah. Maybe you can do it secretly too. Like maybe it's not out in the open or maybe it is. I don't know. Um, Yeah, that that you actually, the people still in the game, give their fire tokens to try and build up a a head start or something, whatever challenge or an advantage in whatever challenge. Could be. Could be in play. We will see. All right, so that's basically the episode from last night. I mean, yeah, the next time on Survivor, it's um, there's a hunt for something on Edge. We see that again. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's pretty convinced that Tony and her are sitting ducks, that they're in a bad spot. Again, maybe that has something to do with somebody coming back. We don't know. So it looks like it's going to be an op- awesome episode, and it's two hours long. We have five hours of Survivor left. Sad. It's sad. (laughs) (laughs) And and Michelle and Jeremy seem to be making a pact to go after Ben, but who the heck knows, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, Yeah, Michelle and Jeremy are definitely close. And you heard Michelle say like he's like family out there to her, Mm -hmm. Jeremy. So they're they're pretty they're tied at the hip too, those two. So we'll see how far they can go. All right. It has been fun watching Tony call the shots because he's won immunity for the past uh, three episodes, which is something that hadn't happened before. So he's always had to be scheming rather than kind of bossing people around. I hope he finally loses immunity next week so we can see him scrambling and scheming rather than, uh, you know, just lording over people, which has been cool too. But uh, yeah. That's not necessarily the Tony game. Let's see what happens when he has to get crazy. I just want, yeah, will he, what's he going to do with his idol? That's the most, that's going to be interesting to see. Because yeah. at some point, you're right, Trey. He's not going to win a necklace again. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'd actually bet on that he doesn't win it again next week. <laughs> Four in a row? Yeah, that would be crazy. Crazy for him, especially. Um, so what does he do with the idol? Does he just play it on himself? Does he try and make it go one more week? Does he give it to somebody else? And I think the 50-50 coin advantage has to be played next week. Isn't that right? Yeah, that, that's what it? he said. Yeah, a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, so there's a, it's going to, it could, we could potentially have a, say somebody comes back next week. I, I'm assuming that's happening. We have another eight person um, tribal council. Four of them could have immunity, which right. could be crazy. <laughs> right. And maybe, I know it's a two-hour episode, but maybe there's a double elimination one night too, right? At one tribal council or something like that? Maybe. Could be. Could be. We will find out. All right. Before we get to tree mail, a quick word from one of our sponsors. Mark your calendars, boys. The Survivor finale is happening May 13th. Like everything else right now, it's going to be weird because they're doing the reunion portion of it remotely. One of my favorite things about the finale is seeing all the castaways all gussied up, dressed to the nines in their best bib and tucker. Hopefully, that will still be the case. And I, for one, am getting into the spirit. That's right. I'm going to theblacktux.com to rent some spiffy duds to celebrate (laughs) this historic season. The best thing about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. 
Yes, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look, maybe in a month or two, Brian. For now, I'm sticking with online. They'll ship your order straight to you two weeks before your event so you can check it out one last time. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. Order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with the code DUNKS. That's theblacktux.com, code DUNKS for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. All right, tree mail time. Let's do it. First one, I've begun rewatching all the seasons I missed, kicking off with season 25. That one features the absolutely insufferable Abby Maria. As far as villains go, she is kind of the worst because you want her off your screen right away. So, who are y'all's top villains from previous seasons that you could actually root for? Off the top of my head, I think Rob, Sandra, and Parvati. Johnny Fairplay was too tough to root for, though I respected his ruthlessness. Best to y'all in this tough time. May there be many wedgies and hidden immunity idols in your future. <laughs> That's from Steven. So, y'all's top villains from previous seasons that you could actually root for. That's tough. I mean, I'm going to say the specialist, Phil Shepard, from season 22, <laughs> Redemption Island. And uh, he was also in season 26, Fans versus Favorites. One of the weirdest guys to ever play the game, right? Uh, he claimed the entire time he was playing that he was a former federal agent, which literally nobody believed. Not the audience, not the players, not even the producers, I don't think. No. In the finale, they had somebody who claimed to have worked with him or trained with him at some point, but I don't think we ever got to the bottom as to whether or not he was a, an actual spy or a federal agent. Um and he was just great television. And uh, the reason I was rooting for him, and I think a lot of people were rooting for him, was because he was a legitimate crazy person, or at least acted like he was. And I think a lot of people wanted to believe that it was an act. Like, yeah, he yeah. would go on these wildly emotional tangents uh, in camp. Um, he would walk around in pink uh, man briefs and uh, white panties. dress shoes. Yeah, <laughs> he would annoy everybody. And Rob recognized that he was a clear goat, and so he took him all the way to uh, to the end. And he and the fantasy was that during that final tribal council, he would stand up and say, "This was all an act. I just did all of this so that Rob would take me to the end, and uh, and so that you yeah. guys to just to deflect all the votes and." Actual jurors admitted that if he had done that, they would have voted for him to win. But it turned out that he was just a crazy person. He's a crazy person. Yeah. 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 But he was great TV, and uh, I just loved watching him. And then he ended up, my favorite moment when, was when he took those pink panties and burned them in the fire right before tribal council. And it was just awesome. So one of the, one of the other castaways buried his shorts. <laughs> Yep. randomly in the jungle and he found them he claimed that his great 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 grandfather came to him in a vision and told him where they were and he just found them it was just great tv 
Yeah, my favorite Philip Shepard moment was when he was at Tribal Council with Francesca, and she's like, the guy doesn't even know how to pronounce my name. He's like, yeah, I do. It's Francesca. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, like, "Uh, uh, not quite, bud. (laughs) It was just that the entire time. That and always saying, the game is afoot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The game was often afoot with Philip Shepard. What a crazy guy. What was your answer, Trey? Uh, you can't talk villains on Survivor without talking Russell Hans. Yeah, the most yeah. disappointed I've ever been that somebody didn't win his season, but uh, he lost because everybody hated him. Yeah. He was just despised by his uh, tribe mates. He would burn their socks. He would empty their canteens. He would just berate them and then belittle them uh, in his confessionals. <laughs> but he was a massive game changer. He was the first one to kind of figure out well, they got to put these idols out here somewhere. Why wait for a clue? Just went out and kept finding idols before anybody had ever thought to even start searching for idols. But the jury was just so bitter (laughs) with the way that Russell had treated them for, you know, six weeks or whatever it ends up being. um, There was no way they were going to let him win. And then he came back and it was like, kind of like his act had worn out at that point and people were just like very bugged at him. But uh, yeah, I loved Russell. Yeah, me too. I actually... I actually think this is tough. Like, even Rob, Sandra, and Parvati, to me, don't really feel like villains. Yeah. They don't. I, I, I understand that they played literally on tribes that were called villains, and, and they sort of were pegged like that. And, and they've played so many times, some of them, that it changes. I get that, too. Um, but I just never really saw them as truly villains. So, like, Johnny Fairplay, yeah. I mean, he was, he was basically a wrestling character. Yeah. Um, and was playing it up and lied that his grandmother died. Um, and you know that was his iconic move and whatever had everybody talking so sure he's more villain Russell Hans no doubt a couple of the others you said but like there hasn't been I feel like the villain role in Survivor has sort of gone away over the last I don't know feels like 10 seasons or something like that JD I don't know if you agree with that I, like it's not it's not there as much yeah I think that there's there's less casting happening and more let's it's almost like tryouts right like it, the, yeah. the the game is taken so much more seriously now yes I mean there you won't find a a Brandon Hans for example who uh, was Russell's nephew I believe um, who was an again somebody who was sort of not quite with it, you know, and and was just there to sort of cause controversy. Like, like they mm-hmm. brought him on just so that he would be good TV. Uh, and uh, who's another one? Um, uh, Abby Maria is another one. She was like, obviously, she's going to cause a lot of problems, so let's cast her and see what happens kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. But now it's like, this person is going to be a great storyteller, A, and B, a great player. And yeah. and they're way more interested in people being out of their comfort zone, like a Mike White or a Cochran, than they are putting, uh, you know, uh, uh, a fly in the ointment, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and, and even just now, the way Survivor you know, evolved, it was, um, you know, back in the day, it was like, how dare you, like, turn your back on someone, right? Like, you've given them your word, and now you're going to be a, a someone that is mean and ruthless, and, like, that's, that's like, you could cast that as a villain, right, back right. then? Mm-hmm. But that, like, happens every episode now, and we love it. We applaud it. Like, yeah, turn your back on that person. Yeah, come on, flip on that. Yeah, Tony, <laughs> switch it up. Like, now that's encouraged. So it's like, that's not... That's not something a villain does. That's something that a good player does, exactly. right? Exactly. So it's completely changed. Um, 
So that's a good good question there, Stephen. Fun to talk about Let me about ask that. you this. Do you guys consider Coach a villain? Because I was doing a lot of research yeah. into this, trying to remember my old villains, and he was always listed. But to me, he's just uh, an eccentric and a liar and an over-exaggerator <laughs> and an, an incredible character. Yeah. He's like Philip, really. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's, he's, he's like, wow, this is a real person. This is amazing yeah. that this person says all this stuff and they believe all this stuff. Yeah, but I don't see them as a villain. No, Trey, I don't. Hey, when yeah, it, I, I agree. It's almost it's almost like an anti-hero, right? Where you're like, this guy's just so ridiculous yeah, that yeah. you kind of root for him. Yeah. yeah, you don't you don't get the guys who look directly into the camera and say, "I'm the Dragon Slayer," <laughs> and it just doesn't happen anymore. All right, uh, one more. Let's slip it in here. This is a fun one for everybody. We can answer this pretty quickly, I think. Hey, no dunks. I was looking at the rules for Survivor, and they said you can bring only one luxury item with you during gameplay. I was wondering what you guys want to bring and why. That's from Isaiah in Palm Bay, Florida. Now, I could be wrong. I don't think you can still bring luxury items. They don't serve. They don't mention them anymore. Yeah, they used to be a thing. I don't think you can do it anymore. Eh, I could be wrong, but yeah, they definitely don't bring it up. But if you could, and you could back in the day, Lee, let's start with you. What's the one thing, if you're allowed to bring to the island, that you bring and why? Well, sunglasses, really. I mean, it's... <laughs> Yeah. What? Yeah, it's so bright out there. I mean, I never see any of them wearing sunglasses. I, I'd be going crazy. I'd be squinting all day long. So, yeah, I'd have my sunnies on. I'd bring probably probably three or four pairs, you know, because you might drop them, break some, sleep on them. Someone might steal them. Oh, you can't bring three or four pairs. You can bring well, one pair. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It, 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 those are the things that really bother me when they're walking around. I'm like, oh, man, put some sunnies on. That glare is killing me. You're, so, you know what? Kim was always holding her hand up to uh, yeah. keep the sun out of her eyes. So That's sure what I'm annoying. talking about. You know, like it's so much fun when you're on the beach, but like when it's just so bright and sunny all day, every day, you just after a while, you're like, oh man, get me out of here. But <laughs> if you've got sunnies, then you're cool. And, and when you're talking to people, think about it. Ooh. I can't see your eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. You'd have to be... wear them to tribal council. You'd be like a, yeah. like a poker player at the World yeah. Series yeah, exactly. of Poker. I think exactly. that's why they banned them, actually, honestly. No, I wouldn't be surprised. Not, I wouldn't be surprised. Not having sunglasses on a, on this show, or it just it wouldn't work. You wouldn't work. You yes. have to see Why? them. Also, you have pupils, man. Just you, I think that you are addicted to your sunglasses. Why don't you just put, go cold turkey? Go out there for a couple of days. You'll stare realize. At the sun. Well, don't stare at the sun, but but you'll realize that hey, I, these are a crutch, man. I don't need these. Ah, man, the eyes are the window to the soul, JD. They say more than the mouth ever could. <laughs> You, JD, you let Lee Ellis wear sunglasses in Vegas on our show. Well, that be- only because I thought it looked funny. Okay. Well, <laughs> I wore uh, I wore sunglasses a couple of times out in uh, San Francisco too, or, or Oakland for covering the Warriors. Remember this? Yeah, uh, we noticed. Oh, who yeah, can forget? Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Yeah, you have incredible taste in sunglasses. No, no, no. Hey, those ones I wore the first time were like three hundred and fifty bucks. One of the camera well, crew had them. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. good. Well, yeah, they were very comfortable though, and uh, and they did the job. I was trying to, you know, trying to work out a deal to sort of keep them, but uh, couldn't couldn't get it done. But you know, okay, okay. So you're taking sunglasses as your luxury item, Tass. What are you taking? Man? I'm taking my grass slides. I don't like walking on the beach, but I like stepping on grass. So I'm going to be wearing those on the beach. I actually do like walking on the beach. I I would love to play Survivor, but 
Uh, no, grass slides are a terrible idea. I just get sand in them, and they oh. would be they really <laughs> defeat the purpose Sweaty of the grass slide. Yeah. yeah. So what are you taking? I don't. Can you? You can't take a fire starter, right? No. 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 That's a good. Good point, though. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would definitely bring. Um, a luxury item is non-clothing, right? Because I, I'm well, I'm concerned about the rain. Is my concern. Okay, right. so you want to bring an I'll umbrella? I'll bring an umbrella. <laughs> an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, a, you know, one of those golf umbrellas that are like 17 Ooh, yeah. feet wide. Oh, oh, a great way to build an alliance. Put up that huge umbrella. Yeah. You're like, only four allowed in. Who yeah. wants to talk strategy? Yeah. <laughs> Come on in. That's brilliant. Okay. Giant golf umbrella. <laughs> Lee, what, I mean, sorry, uh, JD, what do you have? Well, I would, um, I'm not sure if they would allow this, but bug spray. Because okay. I, I, that's the one thing that I would would hate about being on Survivor is just getting eaten alive by mosquitoes and whatever else is out there. So bug okay. spray. And if they didn't allow that, I would take a beard comb to comb all of the bugs <laughs> out of my beard. Oh, constantly. okay, okay, Trey. <laughs> I'm bringing a mini football. Yes, here we yeah, go. Something for entertainment and something that. Everybody can use, I suppose. You know, I was originally thinking maybe it'd be nice to take a baseball and a baseball glove, but then, then what? You're just throwing pop-ups to yourself on the beach with no sunglasses? Ridiculous. Nah. But yeah, trust, mini football, you me, can toss around me, with everybody. Trust me, a, a solo glove and ball doesn't do much during quarantine. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah, there's not a giant wall you can throw it off of out there to yourself. <laughs> Uh, what, you're saying Danny's not throwing you grounders uh, out there in the oh, backyard? Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, no, she doesn't. She's not into it. She's not the Danny on Survivor. She's not really <laughs> Danny into Boatwright, it. No. Danny Boatwright, no. Danny Boatwright. I thought about the like what you just picked there, Trey. That, that crossed my mind, too. I like the little mini football. But I actually wanted something. That's something that everybody could use to kill time, because that's huge. There's a lot of time killing out there. But football we're, we're apart from each other so it's difficult to talk strategy which is why i'm bringing a pack of cards yeah good one i want to you know we can play a million games with cards and we can obviously you can bond and talk strategy still while you're playing cards so are you going to want a pair of sunglasses on when you're playing playing cards then just <laughs> no, so can, I, uh, I play won't. both sides no i won't have them on we haven't gotten a lot of strategy <laughs> talk over their homemade checker game no it's just no. surprising no, you're right. I think you're totally right. That's a great excuse to be together doing something with your hands, but talking strategy. Yeah, yeah, and just killing time for sure. All right, before we wrap this up, um, MVP of this episode, let's just go with that question this week. We won't get into who gets voted out next or sent to Edge next because we already talked about who's coming back. MVP of the episode, Tass, why don't you start us? Who are you giving this one to? Well, Tony, for all the reasons that we've mentioned, um, but I want to add this one in. There was a, a scene going a commercial where he was eating a coconut, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just a regular coconut. He had somehow shredded the coconut within mm. the coconut, and it looked appetizing. Mm-hmm. And that's such a skill. I mean, half of eating is just how it looks. <laughs> and because I wouldn't key. Presentation very key. I wouldn't be into it just biting into a coconut. But if it was shredded like that, Tony, right, wow, right. I thought I, I'm. I think I know the shot you're talking about. I think that was rice in that coconut, was it not? It, I, it, I, I kept going I don't back. know how he would have. Yeah, I don't know how he was. It, it, it was almost like that shaved ice that you know mm. you can buy yeah. and stuff. <laughs> like that's what I mean, I that was his luxury <laughs> item, a shaved ice yeah. machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you're right, Judy. I, I, I kept going back, wondering how the heck did he do that, and I kept asking Danielle, my wife, who is a chef, and she still had no idea. So I was, I was very confused. He made it look so great, but. 
I guess they do eat rice. Is that yeah. part of the the menu? That is the menu. Rice. <laughs> That's the only thing. Rice and anything they catch. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. An old rice coconut. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, what about you, MVP? I'm going with Nick. I thought he played this uh, week perfectly by not really being in trouble at all. He worked the deal to get the uh, peanut butter and it didn't cost him anything. And uh, he's kind of just flying under the radar right now. So the lazy vampire for me is in pole position to make a move. And uh, I think it was a good week for him. Okay. JD? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's obviously Tony. But um, if, if Tony or Sarah don't go home next week, I will be shocked because okay. they're obviously... In control, but Tony has another immunity, though, doesn't he? The hidden one. He sure does. He, he sure does. But yeah. you can get voted out with an idol in your pocket. Oh, I, 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 yeah. Okay. He's got and a great read on people, so that would be surprising. Yep. But you're you're not wrong. Maybe they can. And pull there's the multiple over eliminations advice. next week, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're getting two for sure. I mean, I would think. Yeah. Right? Um, Trey, MVP of this one. Uh, I mean, Tony for me is the MVP. He's putting together a case for. Being on the Mount Rushmore of Survivor, if he pulls off winning this season, no doubt about it. But second MVP, I'll give it to Jeremy. You know, he's been in the crosshairs the past three weeks, but he keeps figuring out a way to bury the hatchet with people he needs to, to convince people to hook him up with advantages. You know, he was smart enough to not play the 50-50, which maybe means he can keep Michelle on his side by giving it back to her. Or maybe he's just won himself an advantage by tricking her and stealing it. I think he's done a good job of being in the crosshairs, but still wait for it surviving (laughs) i mean you're so right i mean he everybody unanimously everybody says he's the biggest threat in the game and there's a reason for that that we haven't really seen because he's been on the bottom and he still survives being on the bottom this whole time now is it tony that's basically using him as a meat shield i mean that is definitely part of it like he is he's like going body surfing with tony in shark infested waters but he's body surfing but Tony is surfing on top of Jeremy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Using him as a surfboard. That's, that's what that's it right. is for me. So Yeah, no, that's well put. Um, that's that's a fun question. If it's Tony, Jeremy, and let's just say, I don't know, just throw a Nick in there at the end, somebody that we don't think could win, who wins the vote then if, if between Jeremy and Tony? It's interesting because a lot, like we look back at last week, the the Tony episode, quote unquote, there's a lot of stuff that happened that the jury might not realize or the whole jury might not realize, like the whole extortion thing. Yeah. And uh, the fact that he had found the the, the idol and, uh, and there was just a lot of stuff that I don't think everybody knows that Tony's done other than dominating. They, I don't think they realize the scope that he's yeah. dominated. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And and Jeremy is such a well liked guy, and uh, so yeah, I mean, I would say Tony, but who knows? Yeah, and I just I just don't see both of them sitting there at the end because yeah. the <laughs> other one will be like, I need to get rid of you, right? Like it'd be weird if they. I know they're doing it now, especially Tony with Jeremy like throwing him the olive branch and saying, I got you, man. Don't use that thing. We're we're fine. We're good. Um, at some point here, very shortly, like. They're gonna they're gonna take a shot at each other. I, I just they're not dumb. I mean, right? Like, basically, they're like opening up themselves to a two million dollar paycheck if right. they get rid of the other person. Uh, maybe, maybe. Um, so we'll see. I like a co MVP for me just quickly to Jeremy and Sarah for having the balls <laughs> to somehow uh, you know not have to play their challenge, their advantages, be it the idol from Tony or 
um, the the 50-50 coin. I, I just I couldn't believe both of them were like, nope, feel pretty good, and <laughs> we're fine. Somehow uh, got out of there, not hit. All right, that's it for today's show. Get your questions in for next week's No Buffs episode. Email nodunks at theathletic.com. Make sure you throw Survivor in the subject. Get some fun Survivor questions. Keep them coming. Reminder, later tonight on Thursday, late, late tonight, Lee has a one-on-one interview with the Bob Costas of Australian sports. Bruce <laughs> McCaffney. So that uh, is no, one McAvaney, for you Australians yeah. out there. Should be fun. Are you pumped for that one, Lee I am, I am. This is going to be the first ever Bruce Lee episode we've had on uh, No Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Are you going to be wearing sunglasses when you interview him? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Why not? That's when I feel my most comfortable. So Bruce will probably be wearing them too out in Adelaide. It'll be a beautiful sunny morning. So why not? Okay. All right. Excellent. So that's later on Thursday night on Friday's film session. We locked it in. We told you already. We're reviewing the 1985 basketball movie Teen Wolf starring Michael J. Fox. A teen. Mm, a lot of sunglass wearing wolf. in that movie. Oh, yes. a lot of sunglass wearing. <laughs> yeah, that's why you like it so much. Okay, now it all makes sense. All right, let's call it there. Until next time, the tribe is spoken. Mm-hmm.